0: what's going on guys your boy lq mr real deal fantasy hq and this is the fantasy football picks and bets presented by prize picks make sure you guys download the app sign up today using promo code mmn and you guys be matched up to 100 bucks on your first deposit so please hit that link in the bio sign up today using promo code mmn you guys be ready to make the big bucks Got a great show today for you. Lauren is out on vacation. She'll be back next week. I'll be filling in this week, giving you the waiver wire pickups and some injury reports, which is so unfortunate. And then we got some streamers for you guys. So hit that link in the bio for the prize picks leaderboard as well to check out through the week and see how you guys are doing. But let's jump in to some waiver wire. Target some guys you need to be picking up, some guys you need to have on your radar, some guys that are cooking up that can help out your roster now or even later in the season, which is playoffs, which are most important. You guys are going to step up, show up, and show out. No bench warmers, no zombies on the bench, guys that need to help you when your name is called. That is what is important. So, let's get into it. So, wide receiver. Khalif Rahman is definitely a target on the waiver wire. 6% roster exposure, looking like the wide receiver one for the Lions. He just put up 115 yards. Jared Goff needs to be treating him as the wide receiver one. I definitely feel as though Swift will get his workload. Hawk will get his workload. But what about the wide receivers? So he's definitely showing up and showing now. This isn't his first sighting where he had the volume. I definitely feel as though Jared Goff to be successful, he needs another guy in that offense. And that can definitely be Rahman. So 6%. Ross exposure it doesn't hurt to go stash him. I definitely feel as though he's a nice plug and play for dealing with injuries, for dealing with bye weeks, whatever the case may be. But something beautiful is happening here. The volume is there for him. No, just another guy is going to pull up 115 yards out of nowhere on the Rams. That's what's crazy. So I think moving forward, Jared Goff might have his wide receiver one that he needs to take serious. So the next guy I want to talk about another. Guy that you know, I've been raving about this whole entire offseason, but Van Jefferson, man, he only has a 21% roster exposure, so he's still out there available for you. I definitely feel as though you need to be getting him now because he's getting into a groove with him and Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is looking for him in the red zone, he's getting his targets, he's getting into the end zone, which is most important, and he's definitely getting into a groove where seven targets, man, if he can get that every single game. It's going to be a problem. The wide receiver three position is definitely up for grabs there. And obviously Van Jefferson's been putting his foot down on every single week. So he's definitely a guy to target. Next guy, Russell Gage. Welcome back. Welcome back to my roster. (laughs) 27% roster exposure right now. He's definitely still available out there for you guys. He had a great game. He looked like he was getting into a rhythm as well. Matt Ryan and him basically getting back on on script, you know, what they should have been doing the beginning of season, but him when dealing with injury, et cetera. Matt Ryan going through his trials and tribulations as well. But I definitely feel as though today the offense just looked it complete against that Miami defense. And again, Russell Gage is basically a guy you could just throw into your lineup if you're dealing with buys, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I feel as though moving forward, if Matt Ryan can keep playing how he's playing, getting pits involved, really doing his thing, you need that third guy. Cause I definitely don't feel as though Cordero Patterson is going to be, you know, a thing thing. I, I understand, you know, he's doing great right now, but I cannot see this. Going forward in the future. Maybe maybe it does. I don't know. But I feel as though Russell Gage can be an attractive play, you know, on a bye week if you guys are dealing with injuries as well. So go ahead and go get him. But let's move on to some running back. So my JP run is interesting, With only a 9% roster exposure. I feel as though he should be on a lot more rosters, being with Mixon not having that great of an injury history. But he looked great even with Mixon involved into that offense. He actually had 52 yards and popped off for a nice touchdown run. I feel as though Samadji Piran should definitely be stashed, just based on how thin running backs are out there right now on the wire. So with him only having a 9% roster exposure, it's crazy to me, because everybody picked him up and then dropped him. Picked him up. Then drop them. Now this is the time to pick him up and hold him because he's still being involved. He's been on a lot of third downs. If you look at that Ravens and Cincinnati game, I feel as though with him being involved in the third downs, he's going to get a check down there. He's probably going to pop off for a nice run up the gut. Who knows? He definitely has that home run ability, so he's definitely a guy you need to be going to pick up. Moving on to another guy, Kenneth Gainwell, his role might increase with the injury of Miles Sanders. So Kenneth Gainwell is a guy that's always been the PPR guy that had the upside. He's always been heavily used in the red zone. So now with Sanders possibly sideline, it only makes sense to go get you a can of for that PPR upside. Another running back on the same team, Boston Scott. If Sanders is going to miss some time with his ankle injury, Boston Scott is a downhill runner. He runs hard. He looks for contact. I love a guy like that that brings that explosive. he runs, like he's ready to run somebody over. So he's definitely a guy you need to go get on your roster as well, with only a 6% roster exposure as well. So moving on to the tight ends. Now, CJ Uzma's turned up on week seven. Now he's definitely a guy you need to have on your roster. Now I understand he has that big play ability and he's a little touchdown dependent, but no man, he's becoming a guy in that offense that you can stamp valid. And you have Mark Andrews, you have Waller that's dealing with injury as well on a bye week this week. CJ is a nice plug and play. Go pick him up with only 14% roster exposure. Moving on to Foster, I don't want to mess up his name, Monroe, Monroe, whatever. He has a 2% roster exposure. Waller is dealing with a bunch of injuries right now. Hopefully this bye week helps. But if it doesn't, Foster comes in as a nice plug and play in that offense because he's taking on the workload that Waller was getting. He's taking on some of those targets. Derek Carr trusts him. He feels as though he's a big playmaker. He's a star. He can have the faith in him to make the plays. So Foster comes in as a definitely guy to pick up if Waller even if Waller, I'm going to say, even if Waller is healthy, it's bound for him to get banged up again. Dealing with multiple injuries, dealing with a knee, an ankle, and a wrist. His whole body's all messed up. So I definitely feel like Foster needs to be rostered right now. Only 2% roster exposure right now. So let's jump into some of these veggies. See, I call them veggies because I don't like injuries. Injuries are like my least favorite part about fantasy. So let's jump into it with... Patrick Mahomes, man, he was struggling. He was looking bad. A lot of turnovers. He has nine INTs in the last seven games. It's just horrendous. So he's dealing with a head-neck injury, and also we can add pride was hurt in that game. So I definitely feel as though he will be monitored, but he did pass a concussion protocol, which is good news. So nothing to worry about there. Probably just a stiff neck. Uh, Josh Jacobs is dealing with a chest injury. He left the game early. I look for Kenyon Drake, just a clear plug and play. He's showing up when his name is called. So that's good news there. If you have Kenyon Drake on your rosters, or if he's still available out there for some reason, Um, Miles Sanders dealing with an ankle injury, not sure yet, no timetable on how long he'll be out or if he'll be out at all, but it didn't look too good. He immediately grabbed that ankle, which is unfortunate because I feel as though the Eagles are just starting to get him involved. Um, next up, we got uh, John New Smith. He left the game early with a shoulder injury. It looked like at one point he was gonna come back in, but they decided not to put him back in. So it may be a little bit bit more serious than what we thought. So he may miss some time as well. Zach Wilson took an ugly hit. Uh, All the weight went down on his knee and I feel as though he may miss some time as well. Not saying that you know it was done purposely because if you watch the replay, it just looks like the guy was just trying to make a play. So Zach Wilson unfortunately went out with a knee injury, he did not return. Hopefully, he's okay. Hopefully, he can return back as the starting quarterback. And hopefully, the Jets can turn around just in general because that offense looked horrendous, horrendous. I think, you know, they need to change something up, man. Something in that playbook ain't working. Zach Wilson just not making the reads. But moving on, moving on, moving on. That was the injury recap. Again, the veggies. But let's get into some streamers. Some guys that feels, though, you have to – Go get these guys as a streamer if you're in a position where you're like me, you had Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you drafted Deshaun Watson. Woohoo! So you've been streaming quarterback since week one. Anyway, so I feel as though this week's streamer for quarterback is Daniel Jones versus Kansas City. Kansas City's giving up the most rushing yards. They're actually second in most rushing touchdowns. So Kansas City's defense isn't that great. And Daniel Jones is looking like the man. He's out there making one-handed Odell Beckham catches. So Daniel Jones against Kansas City is a very attractive streamer this week. I could see him having semi-good game. I could see him having 20 fantasy points, maybe more. Who knows? But if he gets it done on the ground with eight rushing attempts last week, if he brings that over to Kansas City, man, stars in the moon, man. Dan Jones is going to have himself a game against an embarrassing, embarrassing Kansas City defense. So hopefully Mahomes is back. Hopefully he's good, he's up and at him, and maybe they can get something going because I would hate to see back-to-back weeks getting embarrassed, especially to the Giants. You know, no, nothing against the Giants fans. I know you guys got your first win, but, hey. Just saying. Now, uh, let's get into a defense streaming. I feel like this is a good defense. It's basically whoever's facing the Jets. Like I mentioned before, Zach Wilson dealing with injuries, so he may not be the starting quarterback. So, again, you can get the Bengals defense that they have in week eight. They only have a 12 percent roster exposure. It's a good defense you can stream. I think every defense versus the Jets for the rest of the season is a good streamer option to be honest but again they're coming in with some heat they just held off Lamar Jackson they just basically showed and stamped that they are legit the defense definitely definitely got better from last season to this season which is also a huge plus shout out to Cincinnati Bengals um again it's definitely definitely a stamp that they got Lamar Jackson you know to hold him hold him off and I think you know it's a no-brainer with them going against the Jets who possibly have their backup quarterback, which I don't really know who that is. I never heard of them, but I think uh, it's a no-brainer here to have the Bengals as your streaming number one defensive option this week. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Leave a comment below on what you guys think about the episode. Lauren will be back next week to bring you the heat because she always brings fire content. And make sure you sign up today at prizepicks.com using promo code M-M-N.
1: Week 7 was not kind to me, and that is why we are on to Week 8. I'm Peter Overzet. We are here on the Mayo Media Network ready to do our first look at the Week 8 DFS salaries. This is a forward-thinking show. We are going to get you all squared away, set to go. For the week eight prep, as always, lots of caveats. We have injuries, we have changing weather situations, all kinds of things that can impact the slate. But we like to run through the salaries here early in the week just to kind of get a feel for what we're working with. I think it's a good foundation for the rest of our DFS prep throughout the week. And I'll say it right now, this slate is looking a little gross to me. Uh, I was going through a lot of the early over-unders and totals for these week eight games and almost all of the best games are off the main slate. We have a Cowboys Vikings night game. We have cards and Packers on Thursday night, the giants chiefs, play on Monday night. These are all games with over/unders over 50 on the main slate. All I'm seeing is the Bucks Saints game that currently has a 51 point over/under. Maybe we'll get some line moves and some juicier games that develop, but as of right now it looks like it could be a low-scoring slate. We also only have two bye weeks to consider, or sorry, two teams on bye, that is the Ravens and the Raiders. So, no Lamar Jackson. Josh Jacobs got injured, so uh we don't have to worry about him. He gets an extra Week of rest. We have moved past by Mageddon, the Bipocalypse, the nato by 2K, the Bisage. It is behind us. We're on to week eight. Let's jump in right now to the quarterbacks, which is genu- generally where we like to start here. Um, of course, on the top end, we do have Josh Allen. Outside of Josh Allen, Matt Stafford, and Tom Brady, it is a little bit. Of a gap next to this next tier, like we said, we don't have a Dak. We don't have Lamar. We don't have Mahomes. We don't have Kyler Murray. So this is definitely going to be a little bit more thin for our quarterback options. I do assume up at 8,100 that Josh Allen will be the play that a lot of people will talk themselves into and get excited about, and rightfully so, he has the ability to separate from even the Matt Stafford's and Tom Brady's, who we've seen be incredibly efficient, but because they don't have the you know rushing ability, it does sometimes cap their ceiling. So Josh Allen does look like the premier play here. Jalen Hurts, his salary just never seems to budge. He's always in this you know sixty five hundred to seventy two hundred range. Another game where he just finds a way to get it done. Just look at the floor. On Jalen Hurts here, 25, 31, 23, 26, 24 points. So to me, Jalen Hurts is always an exciting play. And I still feel like we haven't seen the ceiling for Jalen Hurts. So I I always like what I'm seeing from him. We saw uh, a couple quarterbacks here in the mid-tier really go off in week seven. Joe Burrow is looking pretty nice to me. Uh, I know he's priced up here, but these Bengals are now throwing the ball a ton. And now we get the Jets on tap. My guess is people see what the Patriots running backs did to the jets in week seven, and they want to load up on Joe Mixon here. So maybe with Joe Burrow, a little expensive um, and people wanting to play Mixon, maybe this passing game flies under the radar a bit. I'm sure we will talk about Jamar chase in a second. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, had an awesome game this past week. He of course got to do his Air Jordan celebration after rushing into the end zone. He was able to get to 20 po- points here without the Chiefs even really pushing them at all. So maybe now against the Colts, who um, you know just had uh, a bit of a hard time with the uh, the 49ers uh, passing game. You know, Debo Samuel was kind of having his way with them. Maybe maybe Tannehill in the passing game can get here. You know, if we're trying to get cheap. Here to his price uh, didn't come up at all Uh, I know people were frustrated watching Tua play, but man, he got there. He got to 28 fantasy points back-to-back weeks now with over 25 fantasy points. Obviously, the Falcons are a pretty nice matchup, but when he's getting to these 40-plus pass attempts and we have a super narrow target tree with Parker out with Gesicki and Waddle, I really like how things set up for Tua, and I'm happy to go back to him again. You know, down here in this range as well, we do have to mention Sam Darnold. Uh, The coaches had to come out and say that he isn't getting benched. He is starting. This could be a buy the dip spot for Carolina. We just mentioned what Tua was able to do against Atlanta, and I think this will probably set up nicely for Sam Darnold this week. Um, It is tough, as always, to find some good cheap options down here. Heineke, you know, continues to kind of find a way to get it done. He was throwing lots of jump balls to Terry McLaurin. I guess the question is, though, will this game – you know, facilitate a shootout. Denver has been playing pretty slow pace. They're generally pace down games, lots of running here. So, uh, Heineke has been solid, uh, in this price is certainly fair, but, uh, I'm a little worried about the game environment there. Um, we will probably see Mike white again with Zach Wilson out, um, I don't know if I want to play Mike White even at home versus the Bengals. So, a uh, pretty thin week at quarterback here. I think, um, you know, living in this mid range and, and paying up is probably going to be the way to go, unless you can plug your nose and play a Sam Darnold down there or two. Let's head over to the running back position. Of course, is, assuming we don't get uh, Christian McCaffrey again, which we will not because he's on IR. Um, we're going to have Derek Henry and Alvin Kamara here at the top. We haven't had Kamara on the main slate for what seems like a while. Maybe it's only been, uh, one week, but it seems like we haven't had the uh, decision to play Kamara for a while. Henry's price does come down a smidge. He throws for the passing touchdown. Uh, the Titans absolutely smash the chiefs. And he doesn't get it done, only 29 uh, only 29 rushing attempts, only 86 yards on 29 rushing attempts. So I'll be very curious, as always, to see where the Derrick Henry ownership falls. Um, we mentioned that the Saints and Tampa Bay game is looking like one of the potential shootouts. So I think Alvin Kamara is going to look pretty attractive in that range. DeAndre Swift finally got priced up. He had been way too cheap for too long. And he has this big game against the Lions for 28 points. And DraftKings finally priced him up. I'm actually kind of excited about that because he kept hovering just in that 15 to 20% ownership range. I had a hard time pulling the trigger on him in tournaments. Now that he's up to 7,100, I'm guessing his ownership will come down a bit. He finds himself in this range here with Jonathan Taylor and Najee Harris, who I assume will be a little bit more popular. And uh, that should create uh, an opportunity for Swift in tournaments. Like I said, Joe Mixon is going to be very popular at 6,900. Everyone's going to want to attack this Jets team on the ground. We just got news that Nick Chubb is supposed to return this week. I think at 6,800, people will maybe want to prove it week for him coming back from injury. So maybe there's a buy low spot on him. Darrell Henderson, I know he kind of burned people on Sunday, but man, they have to price him up. His role is so good, you know. He continues to see both the targets and the rushing workload. Sony Michelle is just a guy who comes in to give Henderson a breather, so he's too cheap at sixty five hundred. I assume once projections come out that Darrell Henderson is going to project very well again, that he's going to be chalky again, and so that will be interesting to see. I keep doubting Cordero Patterson, and he just keeps getting it done week after week. I know he only had 14 points here, but he did find his way into the end zone again, 14 rush attempts. Cordero Patterson, just one of those guys that never like jumps out as a screaming value, but they continue to use him a decent amount I think once Damian Harris got priced up like this, I'm probably going to be out on him at 6,100. He was obviously a smash play against the Jets, but now he's 6,100. The Patriots likely in a trailing game script here against the Chargers. Probably going to see a lot more Brandon Bolden in this game. Uh, Chuba Hubbard looks good to me at 6,000. Another guy whose you know, uh, price doesn't seem to change. I know he uh, only had 10 points here in week seven, but the 12 rush attempts in the four targets, five targets rather, are still solid to see. So I'll be curious if Chuba kind of gets lost in the shuffle there. Um, we'll have to see what's going on with some of these injury situations. Miles Sanders left the game early uh, this past week with an ankle injury. So um, we also get Kenneth Gainwell down here at 5,000. Kenneth Gainwell is one of those guys that would definitely be worth even more than Miles Sanders is when Miles Sanders is is healthy because you're you're giving not only w- Gainwell's you know work as is to him but also the Miles Sanders so it's uh, definitely a bonus for Gainwell if Sanders is out and I think he would be fairly popular at five thousand down here. I'm certainly interested in Zach Moss at 5,200. That seems cheap to me relative to his role. He just has that really balanced workload where he's getting 10 plus carries and four targets a game. We can certainly do worse down there at 5,100. Another guy I should probably mention down here is Elijah Mitchell. Um, The team does not trust Trey Sermon at all. Elijah Mitchell was the full-blown bell cow. He isn't getting any receiving work. That was more a product of kind of the offense and how that game was going, I think. But the 18 carries, he looks really good. So Elijah Mitchell at 5,400 looks nice to me. And I should also mention Michael Carter. Um, he came out of the bye week and had a really nice role. Uh, the nine targets are awesome to see there. I mean, that's, that's really where we start to get excited about these guys. And he sub 5,000 also had 11 rushing attempts. We generally see these rookies roles grow coming out of the bye, So it's nice to see that happening for Michael Carter. I think he'll be pretty interesting down here as well. Let's head over to the wide receivers. They finally did it. They finally priced Cooper cup up. He's been way too cheap multiple weeks in a row. We now get him here at 9,000. You are going to have to pay up to play Cooper cup. Uh, I'm glad they did this. Um, He had just been uh, too much of a cheat code, honestly. And I say this as an idiot who didn't play him in week seven. Uh, But now the Cooper cup, decision, uh, is going to get much tougher here at 9,000, but I mean, let's pull up his box score. His targets are insane. Every week we do this, um, 10 targets, week one, 11 targets, 12 targets, 13 targets, 10 targets, 12 targets, 13 targets, just the safest, highest ceiling player in fantasy right now. It's insane what he's doing. He's going to project well, even at 9,000, but it will be an interesting kind of dynamic to see if we're able to fit him in our lineups this week. Of course, we have Stefan Diggs, who he's expensive at 8,100. We just haven't gotten that massive Stefan Diggs game. He's been completely serviceable, two games over 20 points in his last three weeks. I have a feeling, though, that the Stefan Diggs eruption is coming and at home against Miami could be a very good week for it. Um, we also have uh, some of these guys up here in the mid sevens who have just been uh, playing extremely well. Mike Williams should be healthy now after being a little banged up. Last time we saw him coming out of the bye. we have Terry McLaurin who goodness, man, he, he's not even um, playing with good quarterback play, but the targets and His skill level just continues to show out. He was catching all kinds of jump balls, 50-50 balls there, 122 yards and a a touchdown. He looks great to me. Jamar Chase, uh, insane, 200 yards. He just seems to find his way to a big play every single week. So Jamar Chase is always going to be in play at 7,500. Debo Samuel continues to be consistent. seems like every single time. Brandon Ayuk tries to get out of the doghouse. He then does something stupid again. And Debo Samuel remains the alpha target hog in this offense. So I like the options I'm seeing here in the mid-range. DJ Moore is kind of like Stefan Diggs in that the underlying volume is there. He just hasn't had the explosion game since week four. Been a little quiet here. He's a screaming by low to me in DFS. Even Calvin Ridley, his price stays the exact same as it was last week. His targets are great. You know, 10 targets again. I know he was a little inefficient. I know Kyle Pitts kind of stole the show, but I'm willing to keep going back to Calvin Ridley. We just have a ton of good options here. Chris Godwin was mispriced last week at 5,900 once Antonio Brown was ruled out. He had a great game. He's now back up to 6,400. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers back on the slate. So we have Claypool. We have Deontay Johnson um, for as weak as this slate is looking at kind of uh, quarterback and just overall shootout potential. We're still pretty loaded at wide receiver. We're getting a discount now on Brandon cooks. His price comes down 400 after the dud game against the Cardinals. I'm going to chalk that more up to just being a really poor game for the Texans overall and uh, still kind of trust that Brandon Cooks has a really nice role here. Jalen Waddle, I don't know what he has to do to get priced up. I believe he was 5,600 last week, 5,600 again. I mean, look at his targets the past two weeks without Parker. He has a great rapport with Tua, so you love to see that. Michael Pittman, his price is not reflective of his performance. Last night on Sunday Night Football, he has the four targets for 105 yards and the walk-off TD, kind of so to speak, there for the Colts 5,300. That's too cheap. I think he's going to be extremely popular this week, and it's certainly justifiable. Uh, Poor Jacoby Myers. Every week, uh, gets the targets, can't find his way into the end zone. I guess he's going to project fairly well at 5,100. I'm not seeing a lot in the cheap range right now. Um, If you're a masochist, you can go back to Robbie Anderson. Uh, My buddy, Mike Leote, keeps making me play him. I get it. I mean, look at these targets, 22, 30, 37 targets over the last four weeks and just horrible inefficiency. Nine targets turned into 14 yards. Robbie, Robbie, why do you do this to us? Um, If we're scrolling down here to try to find some really cheap plays, um, Jalen Rager had that nifty touchdown you know i think he's always kind of a boom bust guy it's been a lot more bust though lately van jefferson found the end zone at 3900 maybe elijah moore um he had that touchdown uh actually a a rushing touchdown there maybe the team tries to get him more involved um as a rookie as well um that's interesting to me uh not seeing a lot down here though diami brown is uh is injured um it's, it's real gross. Uh, I always say that early in the week, and then injuries and stuff can pop up. We had Tyler Johnson open up last week because Antonio Brown was out. Um, so maybe, maybe we'll get some more pump play wide receiver options. Bateman, of course, was the other pump play wide receiver we had that week. We don't have him on the slate for week eight. Let's head over to tight end, though. Um, this is a, another kind of interesting week. We see Kyle Pitts. Really priced up after that monster game. Uh, Eight targets, 163 yards. I don't know if I'm running to play Kyle Pitts at 6,300, but he certainly looks the part. I mean, making those contested catches on the sideline yesterday looked pretty good. TJ Hawkinson seems to just live in this 5,400 range. Um, had nine targets this week, 11 targets last week. So the targets are certainly there. Um, and this is a pretty competitive range here. Gesicki, you a fan, we now have Goddard solidifying himself in this tier with Zach Ertz out of town. So I certainly don't mind him. This is going to be a good tournament slate for tight ends. Cause we have a lot of these guys bunched up here in the 4,500 to 5,400 range. And I think that'll spread out ownership and you'll really be able to get some values Ricky Seals Jones, his price just slowly, slowly ticking up, continues to have a really nice role, nine targets, six targets, seven targets. So definitely don't mind Ricky Seals Jones there. But as we mentioned with Terry McLaurin, I don't know how nice that game environment is going to be. Do you want to chase the box score on CJ Uzoma? Um, Incredibly efficient, you know, turn three targets into two touchdowns. He looked legitimately explosive in the open field, you know, separating from defenders as he ran into the end zone a couple times. times. Uh, but I'm probably not going to chase him if he's going to be popular here. Um, man, Cole Komet, he, he had um, Jimmy Graham out and had six targets. This offense is just so depressing right now. But I will say at 3,100, um, G- uh, Cole Komet is interesting at six targets, especially if, uh, Jimmy Graham continues to miss time. Uh, we also have the Cleveland tight ends down here, the Tampa Bay tight ends. So there might be some value there. Um, Waller is on by this week, so we won't get to run back the Foster Moreau. That was a fun one on Sunday with uh Foster Moreau opening up at the stone minimum there, 2,500 on DraftKings ended up being a pretty nice play. Every week I do try to muster the energy the enthusiasm to talk about defensive plays uh the rams all the way up here at 5100 Whew, that is pricey that is pricey there at 5100 you can play michael Pittman uh at at uh at 5300 or you can play the rams d at 5100 let's see if we have anything down in the cheapy range that could be interesting washington versus denver could be fine I played the Jets last week. I played the Jets. I am not doing that again. (laughs) Maybe I will. Who knows? But minus three points. I mean, that was devastating. Uh, But the Jets at home versus Burrow, I guess you could talk yourself into some turnovers. Actually, some pretty good cheap defenses this week. Lions at home versus Hurts. Hertz has definitely shown a propensity to turn the ball over. Uh, The Colts at home versus Tannehill isn't bad. Um, this is actually a pretty good week. You can get the bears at 2,700 versus Jimmy Garoppolo. Don't mind that Seahawks versus Trevor Lawrence. Okay. All right. Maybe this is a good defensive slate here. We'll have some options to work with as the week progresses. Be sure to check out, run the Sims. That's where we get our projections. We can check and see which guys are actually popping in the simulated uh, lineups. This is more than just projections spitting out numbers. This is accounting for multiple variables. You can check out, run the Sims with promo code Pete gets you 10% off. I use the tools for all of my showdown research, main slate research helps me identify the best leverage plays off of the field. Highly recommend checking it out. I appreciate you guys tuning in and watching subscribe to the channel. You can find me over on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Peter Overzet. I always recap my GPP teams and talk to the best GPP players on my Friday show. So good luck in week eight. I always appreciate running through the slate with you guys. Godspeed.